We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. Hello, and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week, we'll be discussing professional esports organizations. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice, as all of the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Braden Wilmoth. He's the founder of Appify and of the newly formed esports org, Embrace. He previously co-founded esports organization Rockets Esports and was the former general manager for the esports org Method. In his current role, he handles the day-to-day operations of the team. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this. My pleasure. So, you know, to briefly introduce the topic, we're exploring professional esports orgs again. As we previously talked about, These entities sign gamers to compete on behalf of them for tournaments and leagues, as well as streamers and content creators to stream and create content under their banner. Some teams are formed by current or former pro gamers. Some are formed by current or former esports professionals, so managers, coaches, agents. And some are by gaming enthusiasts or even celebrities. You know, you have some athletes and musicians who have created their own teams. And some are by some existing sports franchises 
or even just other entrepreneurs looking to capitalize on what's going on. So these orgs make money in a variety of ways, including usually a percentage of the tournament winnings that the teams compete on. This could be as little as 5 to 10% of the winnings or even more depending on you know, how it all plays out. Another large stream is, you know, physical and digital items. So you have team branded items like t-shirts and hats and patches and stickers and, you know, anything that has the team logo and name on it. And then you can have in-game items, you know, whether you have character skins or stickers or weapon kits or any of these other in-game items that feature an esports team. Then there's potential streaming revenue that they make on any of their social media platforms, as well as any revenue on any created content that they make. And then one of the largest streams of income for most teams is their sponsorship and brand partnerships. So those are then both endemic and non-endemic ones that give them money and product and are kind of part of the whole show. And then another thing that's not really income, but for a lot of these companies is how they're able to operate are these different third-party investments. So now we know a bit more of how esports orgs earn money. Tell us a bit about your previous esports experience. <laughs> so no, that's a great introduction. I think my experience for esports and and creating an esports organization uh, is kind of like a a mixture of what you had said. People like why people create these orgs. Uh, it all started at first when I wanted to be a pro player, just watching a lot of the pro events and understanding like or just seeing how people could collaborate as a team at such a high level. That interests me a lot. So it all started with um, Overwatch, getting early access to Overwatch. I wanted to be a pro player. It didn't work out for me. That's a quick disclaimer. Um, but, (laughs) But through that process, I was able to, I started out as a player. I kind of realized I was the one holding back the team. So I went back to just manage the team, um, kind of just help grow them individually or individually and collectively. And eventually we got picked up by, by method. So I was the, the esports or the, the Overwatch manager for Method for a while. We got to some big events like the TBS E League, which was so exciting to be part of. And just like being part of that entire atmosphere was cool. Everyone, you have like a hundred players in Overwatch, the big, the best players in Overwatch at the time, kind of coming together and just being friendly and just seeing how esports brings people together is so powerful. So that was kind of like my first slice of like i really 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 want to be part of esports for a very long time um so that was a great experience and then then methods overwatch team kind of uh fell off when the overwatch league was announced a lot of orgs weren't weren't going to be part of the overwatch league so there wasn't much reason for them to continue to stay in the scene so with that i kind of decided i really want to be part of esports still i'm going to create my own organization and that's when I started Rockets Esports. And I kind of just started that by by myself. We picked up an Overwatch team uh, at no salary because we didn't have much to offer. But we had connections. We had uh, we had good connections with both people at Blizzard, uh, tournament organizers, and scrim partners. So there was a lot of value we could still provide to the team. Um, and we kind of just started growing it from there, one team at a time, giving them each a lot of time of focus, like, we wouldn't sign too many teams at once. We'd sign a team, wait a couple months, look at other teams. We wanted them to know that we have all of our focus from ownership and staff on them for that duration. So how many uh, teams did you guys kind of get to? We Yeah, we got to about five teams, um, most of which were 
I think all were salaried. Uh, we after a couple of months, we actually got um, someone who decided to invest in the organization, and uh, which was really cool because it allowed us to do things we couldn't do previously and get talent we couldn't previously get. Okay, so what are you kind of working on now? Yeah, so now um, now I'm working on a, a new esports organization called Embrace, and this is kind of built because of what's been happening in esports for you know the past few months, even past few years. But there's been a lot more voices come up recently, which has you know showed that there's a need in esports for something different. So to kind of give like a little taste of what Embrace is, we're a brand that's focused on uniting people together and embracing their differences. Uh, re- really want to highlight what makes So that's kind of what we're, what we're doing. And with our branding, we want to make it so it sounds and it looks calming and grounded at the same time. But really, we want to build this with the community. Okay, so what's kind of, what are you guys kind of doing there now? Uh, I noticed that you kind of launched it, but what you have any team signed? So we did a very, very quiet launch. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. Um, we're working on the branding right now. Uh, that's one of the things we're going to be launching here in the next couple of days. Uh, we want to make sure we spend the right amount of time doing every little part of this right, because the brand is important. It's going to be what we're looking at for years to come, what people are going to be looking at when they think of us, et cetera, et cetera. So that part has to be ironed out a hundred percent before we launch. Same with like the mission statement, everything like that. So there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that's going on. We're also in talks with a couple of different teams and a couple of different games. So there's there's a lot to there's a lot coming. I'll say that a lot of exciting things coming down the road. So I know that, you know, the former guys from FaZe recently um, launched a team that seemed to ha- kind of have a similar mantra and mission as you guys. Yes. Is that, so what do you guys think about that? I love it. I, I really there's I can't emphasize this enough that there is always enough room for good and change in the world so i don't feel like they're infringing on what we're trying to do i'm I'm actually in a way i embrace them coming into the scene and trying to tackle this alongside us that's the way it should be you know we're kind of all on the same side here of trying to grow and further the career of these really talented individuals a hundred percent a hundred percent so, you know, can you give us a little idea of any future plans? Like, is there a game or two that you've really been looking at over others? So, yeah, future plans, uh, not so we don't give up too much information, but this isn't something that this organization can do by itself. Like, our mission is to help reduce toxicity in esports and, you know, give voices uh, or give a platform for people who usually don't have a voice or have an under, unheard voice. Um, so we're trying to, we're trying to work through different things like that. And and this isn't something, like I said, we can do as an organization by ourselves. So this is really going to be a huge community effort. So a big part of this is building a community that can help push positivity in the right direction alongside of us. Uh, so that's kind of part of what we're working on in, in a broad, like a general sense. Um, and then I always have favorite games of what I'm looking to get into, but also alongside our mission statement this is something that has to happen across the board in gaming so we're not we're leaving every door open when it comes to genres and titles uh every every game is an opportunity for us but you know i'm, I'm a big fan of, of world of warcraft i'm a big fan of overwatch uh 
we'll see we'll see what games come up and what teams um, you know make sense for us to to move forward with. But we're kind of just looking at everything right. It's Sunday, 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 and they're coming back to the NFL with NFLSundayTicket.tv. You can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams or favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. And have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you never expect at a price you never believe. They have over a 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every time it starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kickers at the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of their other discounts go to dealdash.com and use offer code prediction with two e's or dealdash.fm forward slash prediction that's d-e-a-l-d-a-s-h.fm forward slash prediction with two e's as we've kind of talked about you definitely have pretty extensive history in kind of helping operating a team so what are some typical issues that you you know someone might encounter especially when they're starting out yeah i think there's a, a there's always a, there's always going to be problems, right? There's never a shortage of issues you run into, which is kind of the excitement behind esports is getting to be a problem solver. I think one of the big problems that comes up pretty often for us, uh, or for me personally, that I've ran into historically is that you're signing teams in these games, and all of these games have very changing metas. The, the meta changes very frequently, and what happens and what you'll see is games or, or teams do well in certain metas and then they won't perform as well in other metas and that can be very frustrating for teams and players who put eight plus hours in the game a day and aren't getting the results they hope for it can be very very frustrating if i was you know for for my nine to five if i was putting in my 40 to 80 hours a week and realizing at the end of it like hey you're a bottom performer i would be super bummed as well and i would probably feel some emotions so when players do it's totally understandable that's that's one of the big the big things is you have to kind of understand where they're coming from. But at the same time, um, there's like that when someone's not performing as well, they're, they're feeling that burden as well. So instead of just having teams able to say, Hey, this player needs to go, we need to put in a system. We put in, a, I usually work with a two flag system, a yellow flag and a red flag. You need to raise a flag early that, Hey, there might be a problem here. And it gives everyone the chance to focus on it and give it proper attention. We're not just going to be like, Hey, we invested in you, but you know, no one likes you or no one thinks you're contributing as at the level you should be. You're gone. No, we want to work with them and help them grow individually. Um, so that'll be usually the, the yellow flag. And then the red flag is, all right, we've kind of put everything in place to, to help make you successful and to help you grow, but it's still not working out. Maybe in the interim, we bring someone else in. And we continue to work with you on the side. But, you know, ultimately, esports isn't about just dispensing of people when they're no longer playing at the level they once were. It's about continuing to work with them and help them out throughout the entire journey they have. 
So when you like scouting a player, do you look at someone who may be superb in a certain meta that's now, or do you look at someone who maybe is a bit more well-rounded so they can adapt to, okay, maybe they're not super A1 level at this meta, but they're good enough, but and they could be good enough in any meta that happens. We, it's interesting. I think every org has a different approach to it. Our approach is, especially with Embrace, the first thing is that we're looking for is someone who embodies the messaging we're trying to send out as an organization with positivity and change. Uh, and obviously also a hard worker, someone who's going to put in the time, effort, watch the VODs, do everything they can to better their gaming. If we can find someone at that, that intersection of those two things, I think we're, we're in a pretty good spot. And that's kind of, that's kind of our approach so far. Okay. So kind of, how did you decide what titles you guys enter into? Just ones you feel are, you know, going to be big or ones that you kind of have a very dedicated long-term fan base? There, uh, there are a lot of factors that go into it. Like I, like I kind of alluded to earlier, there's uh, change needs to happen across the board in esports and gaming. So we're leaving all of our doors open in title in terms of titles and which ones, which games we go into. Um, I think there, there are other considerations we make too, like what kind of tournament scene they have, what kind of reach do they have, what kind of impact as an organization can we make to those games? I think that's pretty important because we want to be embedded in those scenes. We don't want to just be a temporary team in a game. We want to be someone that stays around for quite a long time and can make a long impact. So um, what games are going to stay around for a while and be relevant? You know, how many viewers do they get? What kind of you know, prize money support do they get? I think every organization looks at that as some in some way. But at the same time, we're not an organization that's looking to make a dollar off of this. This is something we want everything we make just to be self-sustaining. We want it to go back to the teams and the players, the staff, and, you know, also charity events for good causes. So there's there's a lot of factors that go into the games we play or games we go into. I mean, I think that's an important kind of distinction, like doing something for money or doing something to help and to make change you know when you're doing something for money you make certain decisions that maybe you wouldn't based on you know the bigger you know there might be something that costs more you don't make as much money but it'll have a much bigger impact in what you're trying to do and the fact that your company is like okay like we could do this investment we're going to make more but maybe it isn't totally in line with what our general mission is that we're trying to really embrace those who like you said, are whether it's females who we know have, you know, as soon as a girl goes on mic, it's it's pretty rough for her from from most people to say. And then you have the whole everything else that's going on in these other communities and finding people that really represent and are just trying to fight the good fight and do the right thing, even when people are maybe not as supportive of them as they should be. You know, I think it's important to embrace those people. <laughs> I I a hundred percent agree. And and kind of, you know, another reason why we are building what we're building is like a lot of esports is aging. There's a lot more adults now in esports <clears throat> since it's been around for a while. And, you know, I'm trying to raise children that when they get old enough or young adults and they're playing games, that they don't come into a toxic scene and see things that we're seeing today. Like if you go into a big Twitch chat or, you know, you look at the comments of a YouTube video or a Twitter thread. There are going to be some really bad things that you see. And, and as a young adult, you may not know how to process those feelings or thoughts. And it's just very unnecessary noise where we should all be kind of coming together, cleaning up our act and showing that esports is really like a, a good a good place for kids to be. a safe place. Like this yeah. is where you can go to escape everything else. Like 
Exactly. I, I play NBA 2K a lot, so I'm very much in like the online rec mode. And out of nowhere, you just have these people that just go off. Like I was playing like a week or two ago, and some dude is just cursing at me and this other guy. Like out of nowhere, nonstop for the whole game. Like all these derogatory things. Like, like it's like, bro. Like I just don't understand what would go through your head that like you want to spend 20 minutes just berating random people on the internet. Like, yeah. It's just, it's just like a very odd mentality. And, you know, I think that it's important to your point is like, yeah, like you don't want your 10 year old son going into a fortnight with random people. And, you know, you have some dude cursing at him and, you know, really attacking him and making him feel uncomfortable and not wanting to play. Like, like I wanted to leave. Like I just felt very uncomfortable. And like, I'm a 35 year old lawyer who, you know, is very advanced in my thinking. And it's just like a very uncomfortable decision for me to be in. So I can't imagine how it would be if it was a 12 year old hearing it yeah so different and it's going to impact them it may stay with them for a long time it's just i still think just, about when some dudes like oh you're a cracker i'm like dude i'm a lawyer living on the upper east side like what do you mean <laughs> like it's just like odd yeah no i know i know and they'll say they'll say so many things blindly and you know like i like i said <clears throat> excuse me um this isn't this isn't something one organization can do so we're really hoping we can get a community around us. So there's a mass of us trying to make a, a positive change, almost like a grassroots movement. Yeah. I mean, I think that we'll definitely have some heal the world days where we have, you know, special Olympics for esports and try to have the different organizations and teams that are creating these different initiatives. I know CLG is doing a lot of stuff with their female, like the female CSGO team that they have. And as we mentioned, phase cleanse, former, I guess, president and CEO, are kind of looking at their own kind of area. So, you know, I think that this might be a change that's coming. And as you said, the last few weeks and months, there's been kind of like a me too, like movement with a lot of people coming forward with some pretty, you know, I would say some pretty rough accusations about a lot of pretty prominent people. And, you know, it's just really shedding a lot of light on kind of what's going on behind the scenes and the way that, the way we had what was going on with Hollywood and movies with Harvey Weinstein and some other people that were kind of grouped in in that whole Me Too movement to now what's been going on in esports. I think that what you guys are trying to do is, you know, ripe and that it, time is now for it. And, you know, I'm glad that you really are going to embrace it. You know, no pun intended. Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That's exactly, that's exactly right. So and that's kind of, yeah, that's, this is, been an idea that uh <clears throat> i've been working on with my my longtime best friend here in, in real life he actually lives just like a mile and a half down the road from me jordan but this has kind of been our you know our mission as we set out on this is just to to make a positive change yeah and i mean and we definitely see a lot of you know the last couple months and weeks of a lot of esports teams and organizations kind of putting on charity events whether it's to help you know covid in general or you know, first responders or just really anyone who's impacted by, you know, an unfortunate situation. No, hundred percent. Yep. Yep. It's good to see. It's good to see everyone starting to come together and do that. I hope, I hope there are more organizations that kind of pay more attention to this moving forward and make an active effort and not just be passive about it when something happens. So it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, the, the next few months go. I'm sure these. a lot of organizations are working on very, unique initiatives because what's going on right now if you're not actively trying especially if you had an issue if you're not actively trying to 
you know, top down, reevaluate and reeducate your employees, you're not going to be kind of in clutch with what's going on in the times. I think that, you know, the old boys club kind of mentality that may have existed in a lot of entertainment worlds in general, it's just not going to exist anymore. And if you're not trying to proactively help fight against that, you're going to not look good. You know, rolling those bridges is not going to play out well for you. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But it's good. You know, sometimes people need pressure. Like, like the craziest thing now is the Redskins. Like my whole entire life, like they will never change their name. It's never going to happen. You know what? As soon as FedEx said, well, we're not going to be paying you millions of dollars anymore. Oh, they changed their mind real quick. Exactly. (laughs) You know, so like, and FedEx, they probably getting the same amount of pressure for the past however many years as they're getting now. It's just the nature of today's society. It's just, they're taking down Confederate flags, taking down Confederate statues, like, you know, anything that might not be, you know, in sense, it's, you know, just not sensitive to everyone else. It's just kind of out with the old in with the new. It is. It is. And it's not, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing for everyone to have kind of a wake up moment and kind of think about what's important, not only for themselves, but for everyone. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, everyone's entitled to feel comfortable and secure and, you know, be able to fulfill whatever they desire without having to feel a certain way, you know, feel uncomfortable, feel discriminated against or harassed or, you know, anything in between. Yep. Yep. I couldn't agree more. So, yeah. So let's kind of shift back a little bit more to this. So now that you're kind of starting this new org, what kind of stuff did you learn from your previous experiences with the teams that you'll kind of bring forward and apply now? Um, I mean, I learned, I learned a lot and it would take forever to go through everything. Give us a couple uh, good ones. You know, I know oh, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Out some tips, so let's, let's give a good, you know, <laughs> let's get our viewers like, oh, wow, that's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. So I think one of the big, one of the biggest things I probably learned was when you're an owner or a manager of an organization to don't distance yourself from the players. The players are the face of your company. Right. And when you have too many layers between players and ownership, players feel very disconnected from the from the bigger cause and they don't feel like they have as much trust with the brand. So one of the things that I you know I try to work on and it's definitely gonna be a huge focus with Embrace is players should have direct access to owners, like without feeling like they're interrupting anything uh at all times. You know, you want them to feel like they're uh respected and you know, everything else. And your door's like, always open to them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't want someone representing the brand and just feel like they're just getting a paycheck. Like they, they need to feel like they're in it for more than just that. And I think it all starts with uh, the owners being uh, as involved as they possibly can with, with the team. So, you know, one of my big things that, I, that I've learned and I, I want to apply moving forward is just to be genuine. Don't, don't have hierarchy in the organization that you could go without. It doesn't make sense and, and make everyone feel like, like let everyone know why they're doing what they're doing. There's got to be a, a big cause behind it to really get them motivated for it. So, you know, provide that for them. Yeah. You're the general of the organization. You need to rally the troops. I mean, I don't know if you saw the Wolf of Wall Street, but, you know, he goes into that room and revs up the crowd and then they sell a lot of stocks of Steve Madden. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I'm certainly no, no uh, Wolf of Wall Street level, but that would be a great thing to aspire to be. He was he was mad successful at that. 
Yes, he knew how to inspire a crowd. And I think that that's a good point that you have. It's like, yes, you'll have coaches and general managers and social media people and kind of a whole infrastructure help the team operate. But as the owner, these are people that are representing you. So to have hands-on, to make them feel comfortable, to take them out to dinners, to go out for bowling, you know, to do things where you're ingratiating yourselves and it's not just I'm the owner, you're the team, let's compete you know, these more social atmosphere, these engagements, I think is really important. And it makes the players feel like they're more important and they have some ownership in it and they have some pride in representing the team because the owner and the, you know, the ownership group and management value me. They want to, you know, ask me how I'm doing, ask me what's going on, not just how am I doing in the game and, you know, stuff related to my job. Yeah, it's got to be, it's got to be a personal connection to one of, one of my favorite things uh, that I did when when owning Rockets Esports and running that was would randomly reach out to someone, one of our players or staff, and just ask them for what their favorite pizza and address was, and we just send them a pizza um, because it just shows that you're you're willing to just like learn to get to know them a little bit more. You're just trying to show different ways of like showing appreciation. There's just so much you can do to go above and beyond. Don't just be the typical stereotypical whatever role you're in person. Like try to find ways to connect. Yeah, I mean, that's great advice. Like, you know, treat the the janitor the same way you would the CEO, you know. And I think that that's something that a lot of these stories that came out, that's not it. Like, I'm ahead of this or, you know, I'm a big – on behalf of a brand or I have this, that, and a third. And, you know, you're treating people who maybe couldn't do necessarily anything for you like that. And, you know, I think mm-hmm. that it definitely isn't a conducive attitude and – you know, you get more with, you know, kind of being nice and trying to be part of the solution than just, you know, trying to operate otherwise. Yep. Yep. Exactly right. So in addition to the stuff you're doing in the esports space, I know you've been working in Appify. So what is that? Tell us a little about that company. Yeah. So so Appify is uh, my other company that I'm working on. It's a So Appify is a platform that allows people to make uh, native experiences on different platforms. So like Shopify, Wix, or Squarespace, you can create a responsive website and add some products and start selling it. Uh, I think that's the easiest way to explain it for some people, but also alongside of it. And what what's kind of unique about it is we also support native iOS and Android apps too, which is, is kind of a big sell for different sectors and will be a really big sell for spaces like esports where you have a huge demographic of people, generally younger, always on their phone, uh, always able to be reached via you know push notifications and stuff like that. If you were able to engage with your fans, your super loyal fans, the ones who downloaded the app in a different way, like let's say you have a pop-up sale or their favorite streamer from your org just, just went live or a tournament was being hosted and your team won or placed second or something like that, just getting notified and keeping up to date with what's happening is huge. Right now, the only source of truth is Twitter. Um, there are people, the organizations out there, their websites generally aren't much more than a placeholder for their brand. So <laughs> what, what we're trying to do with Appify is uh, provide a great platform, not only to sell stuff and commerce, but also to have uh, wonderful websites and a lot of features, first party citizen features for esports and showing your, your teams, your rosters, your upcoming events and scores, you highlight your Twitch streamers, find different ways to engage with them, whether it's a newsletter or more. So there's a, there's a lot of stuff we're doing there. And I think it's exciting. We'll have some more 
features here in the coming months of what we're really going to be showcasing for for esports. Nice. So, like, say you're a Team Liquid, you can make like a Team Liquid app that you download, and when they do the Marvel drop, you know, the first twenty people that you know that reply this notification get twenty percent off. Yep. So that's the kind of things. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think there's a huge miss, especially in esports, to be able to to reach out to the people on their phone, like on demand, whenever you have something come up, because there's a lot of loyal people to those big brands. And, mm. you know, you sometimes you go on Twitter a little too late and you miss something, you know, you don't want to be a lot of people want to be first to know. So I think this definitely helps cater that to that and also gives them a different way to consume your content. You don't have to just like be on a computer to consume it or on the Switch app to consume it. Like there should be different ways for you to then and uh, export your kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of like why like I had ESPN notifications for like the Yankees and Knicks and Jets scores. It's like you just want to know like what the final score was when it happened. So it's just yeah. like, yeah, like hey, we just won this tournament. Check out this highlight video we just put up. Like instead of having to sit there and be on twitter retweet you know refreshing 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 you just kind of get a notification the same way when you have notifications on but instead of then having to go to twitter then having to go to youtube it's like you click on this thing and the, the video just opens on your phone in the app mm-hmm. yeah it and, should it should be super simple for someone to be a fan right and to be up to date and we need to we need to really work on simplifying yeah and then on the back end as a brand or a team like you could just get so much data and so much analytics that you know, this is the stuff that you bring to the brands. Like, hey, like we have 10,000 people that download our app. You know, they average this many um, hours on it. This is the demographic. This is where they live. This is like the gender breakdown. You know, and this is kind of what our response is. You know, this is how many people click on our content when we give them a notification, you know, and like this is the stuff that you need to present to a brand when you're a team owner, or even if you're say a streamer creating your own app, like I'm Ninja, like you want to know when I'm going live, you want to get the new video I put out. You want to check an interview I just did. Like this is how I'm able to communicate with you in a great digital, great looking kind of way. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And then Appify is kind of like, we were able to focus on different uh, uh, businesses uh, and their own kind of vertical. So esports being its own vertical, we can kind of build features specifically for esports. Uh, commerce as its own vertical, we can build features just for commerce. And if you want to combine those two, if you want to be able to sell your your apparel and also provide an esports brand with scores and updates, and to, you know, roster staff and all that, you can. Um, you know, with all these other platforms not something you can do so like have just having a, a platform that supports everything will be i think will be huge for you know, pushing esports forward somewhat yeah i mean i think that it also works in every other area like i know i had there's a yankees app that like you have you know what the score what the starting lineup is it helps you manage your tickets and you know i could see if you're a musician like you want to say you download the lady gaga app that has you know, links to her new album and when her concert tickets are available and to be able to do merch and, you know, you have all this stuff in one place, you know, it's definitely mm -hmm. beneficial. It is. Yeah. Especially people who are big Lady Gaga fans, like they're definitely going to want to be, be part of that. It's yeah. again, it's a community, it's a family, it's something you're, you're passionate about. And it's, it's a good way to identify who your super hyper focused, loyal customers are. And giving them a kind of special specialty treatment if you wanted to have a, a sale just for them. 
Yeah, and it also helps, you know, you have 3 million followers, but if you're, when you look at engagement rate, this is how you can really tell who is engaged because these are people that have to actively go and download it and have to then take that next affirmative step of accessing it and signing into it. So, you know, just because you someone follows you on Twitter doesn't necessarily mean they're logging in and looking at your Twitter feed or Twitter in general every day or even at all. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so I think that it's a much more accurate gauge of what your actual reach is and what your engagement level is. It really is. Yeah. And it never hurts having more numbers to to make those assumptions correct. And even right? better numbers like, yeah, like 3 million followers is nice. But what does that actually mean? You yeah. know, 10,000 downloads where, you know, 90 percent of the user base is at least checking in, you know, every other day. That to me shows people that are really interested in what you're doing and really are there and are real yep yeah it's, so. it's hard to get that kind of uh assessment especially in esports right now how many return customers do you, how many people are like passionate about your brand to visit it more than once a week and and stuff like that so we want to be able to provide those numbers also to give validity to everyone outside of the scene who doesn't understand like it, it doesn't hurt to have those numbers to show hows and guys yeah because realistically you know, an affiliate code and be okay, 10,000 people used our discount code for this deal. Like that's usually only a one-time thing. Like, you know, say you purchase a headset, like probably not purchasing a headset three times a week. Right. (laughs) Right. You know, so like the affiliate code isn't as big of a gauge as it might be as something like this, where it's like, yeah, maybe, you know, a thousand people used it, but we have 300 people that are dedicated following our team every single day. Yeah. I would love to have those answers. I would love to. I'd well, love that's to what you're here for. That you know, that's the future, right? To be able to get this data and be able to use it to get investments, to get brand deals, to really monetize what you're doing. Yeah, that's the goal. That's what we're trying to do. So yeah, that's kind of like the whole premise of of what Appify is right now. Okay, so you know, to kind of bring it all together. So, what advice do you have for anyone that's starting an esports org? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, if anyone follows me on Twitter, uh, historically, I've tried to give out as much advice as uh, as I've learned it throughout the, the years in esports. Um, one of the, you know, there's a couple of, of different things. I think one of them is if you're going to be creating a brand in esports and starting an organization, you really got to start with the right foot forward and spending the right amount of time to make everything like correct it has to be perfect it has you have to be meticulous about everything that goes into it when it comes to the name the branding the logo the mission statement you know the staff the core members of the team and why they're here make sure everyone is on the same page you know there's there's sometimes you see organizations start they have an idea to start one and it seems like it all just happens overnight and it doesn't there's there's so much that gets missed um, so if you're going to be creating a brand, you're not just creating an org, you're creating a brand. And if you're going to do that, and you're going to be seeing it on Twitch streams and jerseys and banners and everything for, for the years to come. And TV. Yeah, exact TV and all those all those kind of things. Make sure make sure you do it right. Make sure what you create is something that you're really proud of uh, and just spend the time doing it. And make sure you legally can do it. So, you know, trademark <laughs> searches, trademark applications, these these things that I've harped on over time, it's like, you know, I have player contracts. Like you have to make sure that you have players being able to do what you need to do as a team owner. Yeah, that's that's huge about it. If you're if you're passionate about it and this is something you are really wanting to do, 
you know, you have to file as an, at least an LLC. You know, you create the company, create all the legal entities you need to to protect your brand. Like if you if you can't even do that for yourself, you, that that's showing your players that you're trying to sign that you don't even believe in yourself of making this a thing. So <laughs> believe in yourself, commit to it fully if you're actually going to do it, and show everyone that you're in business. Yeah, like this is a business, and you got to approach it like that. If people, like you said, they want to see that you're taking this seriously, like. You know, if you only have one foot out the door the whole time, you know, it's hard for them to go two feet in. Yeah, it really is. And I think and I think another, you know, another thing about starting an organization is there there are a couple different kinds of organizations. There's the traditional esports org where you would just create a brand and sign a team and you'd give them a jersey, maybe a little bit of salary. That's the traditional way. You have kind of what the new age way is currently where you, you try to also make it an apparel or streetwear brand. Um, that seems to be popular currently right now. Some organizations have made uh, made it very successful, but some of them are still like really struggling because because it apparel companies are very difficult. Uh, if you didn't know, creating an apparel company isn't isn't something you can just do overnight. Um, but the one way that we're trying to differentiate a embrace is we're not trying to just sign teams and players. We're not just trying to make an apparel brand. What we're what we're actually trying to do as a hybrid is we're also a software solution. Um, to make some of these changes we want to make is going to require us to create some tools and software that help us monitor, track, uh, connect people, build a community. Um, so I think we're going to be one of the first esports organization that's also a tech software company, which, is, like I said, there's a lot coming. There's a lot of, I don't want to give away too much right now, but I think... Well, is I there think anything you can give away? You know, a little <laughs> spoiler, it's not going to be out. Uh, I think I think one of the things we can there's you know there's a lot of things we want to do in terms of toxicity and monitoring tracking and like helping people feel safe. safe. Bubble where exactly. like you can't say certain words or you're kicked out. Exactly, and we kind of just you know be able to track those kind of people and that kind of behavior and not just track it but learn from it like in a in an automated way. We put them on blast. It's like you, <laughs> you you cursed at this girl. You were in, we we recorded the clip and now you're on. Gamerassholes.com. <laughs> I don't know how much value there is in putting people on blast. I'll let uh, I'll let someone who's more educated on that <laughs> make okay, that. Okay, fair make enough. I, but, I, I'm down with that. We we don't need to embarrass people. You yeah. got to have them learn from their mistakes. Exactly, and I think you know. I think people. There's a lot of times people say something and they regret saying it afterwards. Like, I just regretted that. saying that. <laughs> I didn't mean to make you feel that way. No, it's. <laughs> and I, I think that's that's perfectly fine, and it's just there's a lot of ways to to take this take this problem on, and we're kind of looking at it from every angle. And it, when a solution or when an idea comes to for, uh, comes comes to our minds, we kind of just spitball it out and figure out what we can do to make it a reality and and which ways it's going to make the community better. But I think there's a lot of things we can do, and I want to be I want to be one of the first and one of the most active in the space to to create these tools everyone can use. It's accessible to anyone and really just, you know, be that positive impact. Okay. So, you know, I got one more question. It, it always yep. really kind of interests me. So what benefits do you kind of see from, you know, a hyper dedicated fan base, like, you know, Warcraft has with method and Warcraft? Oh man. I think there's a lot of benefits. Um, you know, start, let's start off with the negative first. When you, when you really pigeonhole yourself into a game that like that, you kind of go all in you you really it's hard for you to be seen as a brand that's in any other game um it just looks weird people will comment on it like why you know what this isn't world of warcraft uh mm -hmm. that's not that problem sometimes but the the they really really focused you know for 15 years on world of warcraft 
and we're primarily the only tier one organization in the one of the world's largest games, which is mind boggling how no one else decided, hey, this is one of the biggest games. There's a huge market here. Why can't we let's let's do something alongside method? No one really ever did until, you know, really recently. And the the one of the main benefits you get from having a hyper dedicated fan base like World of Warcraft and being method, which is one of the most accomplished organizations in the game, is if anyone's looking to be uh, a high level player in, you know, a raid or MDI or arena, they're going to be probably looking at method material, whether it's a video or a guide or an article or something of that nature. Like it probably was sourced from method at some point uh, or, or was a base of method. So having everyone in a game looking to be competitive, looking at you just garners you so much attention and respect. I think method was really successful in doing that. And I think a lot of, a lot of credit goes to method for, for making world of Warcraft well, the competitive scene, at least, what it is. I don't know how the arena scene would be doing if Method wasn't involved for as long as they were. Same with the rating scene. Do you think that maybe other teams are just kind of like, kind of scared away? Like, wow, they have just such a leg up and such a brand notoriety and affinity that it would be really hard for anyone to chip away? I See, I, I've thought that before. The reason I'm not sold on that idea is because you really haven't seen anyone go as hard as Method went with World of Warcraft content on any other game. Like, you would think if that, that was the reason they stayed out of it, they'd be like, huh, but we could apply this to this game instead. But you don't really see that. So maybe Tempo Storm and like Hearthstone, but like even like, it's just, it's not a lot of organizations go that deep into a game. So maybe it did scare them away, but you think they would learn from it and try to apply it somewhere else. Interesting. Awesome. So, you know, I like to kind of end each episode with, you know, my three questions. So oh, okay. what's your so what's your favorite game to watch? Oh man, uh, for the longest time it was Overwatch, uh, but lately, uh, ever since I guess ever since in Rocket Esports when we had a World of Warcraft Arena team, I didn't understand what was going on just because there's like a million things happening every second. But it's one of the most it's one of the most like captivating games to watch competitively because the entire thing can switch in a matter of seconds and it's exciting i've i've been yelled at by my wife to stop jumping around the living room because something's happening in the arena matches but i think that's probably my favorite one to watch okay so what's your favorite game to play favorite game to play by far is still overwatch i, I play overwatch too many too many hours a week so your amateur level yeah, yeah yeah i'm just a, I'm a casual quick play player i'm i'm not i don't have the the guts anymore to uh dedicate time to ranked just because i i would just get owned <laughs> fair <laughs> enough I, I understand that it, it definitely, <laughs> the difference between rec and pro-am is definitely noticeable and i loaded up starcraft 2 oh, about a month ago and start to get in there and yeah you gotta know what you're doing if you're gonna be on this <laughs> ranked play stuff you yeah you really do and you got to keep with it for a long time i yeah. took i took like a year hiatus from overwatch just to kind of cleanse myself also because we had a we had a newborn baby um but when i came back i was like wow i'm i am not where i used to be. <laughs> right so you know so what's your who's your favorite video game character mario luigi pikachu hmm yeah that's and a good that's I a got good the brain busters at the end yeah you really do um god i this as basic as this question is, it might actually just stump me. Uh, I love so many, so many characters. 
I guess uh, if I had to pick one, though, it'd just be like Yoshi. Yoshi's always been like the character okay. from when I was a child, and I was like trying to select him, character select him <laughs> before anyone else would. <laughs> um, just because he, at the time, you know, just a friendly, friendly look to him. Yeah, and I like the color green, so I always try. Yeah. Well, well, out of curiosity, what's your your favorite oh, character? Man, that's a hard one. I mean, I I would always go for Toad. I would say that's my default in Mario mm-hmm. Kart. But you know, it's a good Mario, choice. Yeah, and then, and then you have Mario, like Super Mario. Like he's just that guy. Like he's just, you know, he's know what you're gonna get from him. He's a solid guy. He, <laughs> he obviously has good taste in women. Peaches, you know, right, pretty, right, pretty Peach. That's what they call her. So you know, <laughs> she's very nice lady and you know she's a queen or a prince right she's a princess so that that's yeah. again reaching for as high as you can get so i i, I value that in a man oh, and he's a hard worker right the to the to right he's a plumber and then he goes down all these rabbit holes and fights all these goombas it's tough i know man <laughs> i have a lot of respect for someone that's willing to go above and beyond to save someone <laughs> right like he doesn't even get a reward or anything he just gets a bunch of golden coins as he runs yeah <laughs> okay exactly so, you know, thank you so much for joining us. This was extremely insightful. So tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at ApotentBeast. Uh, you can find me on Twitch at the same thing, actually. Uh, but more importantly, uh, look at us uh, for Embrace. It's an esports organization that's just coming out. Uh, right now, the Twitter handle is GG underscore Embrace. Uh, we're really looking to build a huge community that can help us change esports in a positive way we'd love to have you alongside us for this journey yeah everyone we got to embrace them so you know make sure to check them out on twitter like he says he gives some great you know advice especially for aspiring org creators and you know thanks again for everyone for tuning in make sure to follow me on twitter justin jesq and check apple Podcasts for all past episodes and one last word from our sponsors. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Horry. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUE wire to receive your new welcome bonus that's promo code blue wire bet online your online wagering experts